This week, on Media Delta. If you were to ask who is the most iconic cartoon character of all time, there would probably be the two proper answers, Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny. Since his debut in 1937, Bugs Bunny has served as the head character of the Looney Tunes and has been the star player in the franchise since. Bugs and his counterparts like Daffy Duck and Porky Pig's most culturally striking appearance was, without a doubt, the Merry Melodies series of shorts, including classics like Woods Opera Doc, Duck Amuck, and Rabbit Fire. In 1979, a compilation film with the working title The Great American Chase was made combining several of these shorts interwoven with segments discussing the history of the prevalence of chasing in these shorts and the history of the creation of Bugs and Friends. Since the advent of video games, the Looney Tunes have served as prime candidates for settings for several video games throughout the years. But do they hold a candle to the original Merry Melody shorts? Let's find out as we discuss the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Media Delta. Um, we're talking about uh, something pretty big, I guess, in terms of things that we can look at. Um, because um, over the many episodes that we've done Retro Rank Rhapsody, uh, we have done quite a number of games uh, from this property. Um, so it is kind of interesting to kind of pick about, okay, um, we've done a lot of Looney Tunes, um, but what Looney Tunes thing would you take a look at um, in order to start with, in order to cover the most ground? Uh, and what I chose to take a look at uh, was a kind of, calling it a movie is kind of weird, but essentially what it is, uh, this is, we are taking a look at the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie, um, and I am not alone to take a look at this. So, um, going in alphabetical order, who do I have with me? I think Rafferty. Wow, I'm looking. I had to look for a while. I'm first. Yes, hello, I'm Norman Rafferty. Uh, I... uh, I'm Portable Stove, and actually for Christmas, I got a set of the Looney Tunes Golden Collection. So I guess that worked out well. Uh, I'm Torpotypist, and I refuse to fucking call this a movie because it's a collection of shorts, goddammit. I mean, yes, that is, that is what it is. Uh, so, uh, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie, uh, which originally was apparently going to be called The Great American Chase. Uh, I guess they called it the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie, just kind of like, hey, it's something that has Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner movie in it. Come watch it. Give us money. Um, but yes, uh, this came out in 1979, and it is exactly what Torpo mentioned. Uh, it is mostly a collection of Bugs Bunny shorts with a, a compilation of Roadrunner bits at the very end. Um, uh, there's also a Pepe Le Pew. Yes, there is. We'll get to that. Um, and a Daffy one. Oh, right. There's also a few Daffy ones. Yeah. Um, but yes, they all... Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess before I, I guess we are going to follow our normal kind of uh question format in which i have 10 questions that we will be asking or i will be asking and we'll kind of go in alphabetical order and then once the next question goes we kind of go in reverse. so um rafferty you'll be first up to answer um what was your favorite short or uh if someone else has mentioned your short uh what was a short that you enjoyed um, so just to kind of go over the shorts that they have in this, uh, the ones they go through this are Rabbit Seasoning, Hairway to the Stars, Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century, Robin Hood Daffy, Duck Amuck, uh, Bully for Dugs, Alibaba Bunny, Rabbit Fire, For Sentimental Reasons, Long Haired Hair, What's Opera Doc, and Operation Rabbit. You mean just the Bugs Bunny short, so I can't yes. pick the Roadrunner part. Well, the Roadrunner bit is kind of uh, like, I guess they they kind of uh, take bits and pieces from uh, various other ones. Because uh, let's see, they got for Roadrunner and Riley Coyote, they have Beep Prepared, Fast and the Furious, Gee Whizzes, Going Going Gosh, uh, Guided Muscle, Hip Hip Hurry, Hop Along Casualty, Hot Rod and Reel, uh, Scrambled Acres, or scra Scrambled scrambled Aches. Oh, Scrambled Aches. Okay. There's a lot of them, a lot of them to read. It's really one big super cut, which makes yeah. it difficult because they, they, they cut them up and spliced them yeah. uh, a, a lot. So, but no, I, I'm going to um, be like the hipster and, and go out on a limb here. And uh, my favorite's Long-Haired Hair, which is the one where 
Bugs Bunny plays a banjo next to the opera singer, and then the opera singer, uh, they get in a fight, and it ends with this bizarre Bugs Bunny being a conductor uh, and in disguise. And so weird and so bizarre, but it's also... It's that best mix of Warner Brothers where it's both understated and ridiculous at the same time. It just has that sense of pacing that even though, like, we don't get the joke about Leopold, like, he's disguised as Leopold and everyone, Leopold, oh my god, Leopold's here! And it's just it, this slow build uh, that I think is, is really, I mean, all the shorts in this are really good, but that's one I, I would pick because I, it's not, like, everyone always goes for that. That's one that I, I've always enjoyed because it's just so uniquely Warner Brothers. Yeah, that, that's a really good short. Um, yeah, and also apparently, uh, the Leopold in question is based on a real person, Leopold Anthony uh, Stowicki or Stokowski. Right. I mean, I mean, the, there's lots of jokes in there. I mean, they ended up Burt Reynolds joke for crying out loud. But it, it's, I, I think it's just, it's just, that just stands alone. You don't need a lot. It's just genuinely funny out of the situation. I really love it. Yeah. Um, just a tiny note about that that I found funny, and I wonder if uh, that was one. It, I I kind of doubt it, but I think it's kind of slightly uh, related funny if uh, someone did think of this. Uh, I wonder if they used Leopold uh, because it is, I mean, it's Bugs being it, uh, and Leopold is very close to Leoprid, a.k.a. the classification that includes... Uh, I think that is both bunnies or rabbits and hares. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I do know that that's one of the shorts that like Chuck Jones would point out that like Bugs Bunny is a very powerful character. And the fact is that like he's basically invincible. People disguises out of nowhere, order weapons over the mail when he needs them, and they actually work. And so in, in, in his biography, Chuckamuck, uh, Chuck Jones was to point out that he always thought that Bugs Bunny has to be an aggrieved party in the first place. So even though he's playing the banjo, his neighbor Giovanni escalates it. And so it turns into a long, drawn-out revenge is a dish best served cold revenge. And there's a lot of cartoons that would come later that kind of forget that, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, pun uh, punching up instead of punching down. And so a lot of a lot of the shorts that would come out later in the 90s forget a lot of that. So there we go. That's my history. All right. Uh, so, Stove, is there one you want to call out? Uh, what is? Uh, I guess I'll be the opposite of a hipster and just straight up say Duckamuck. Just like it's it's the one where Daffy Duck is just slowly being tortured by an animator um, and is being placed in different backgrounds, having the scenery changed on him. Uh, basically, the animator, quote unquote, is refusing to do a cartoon. And in the end, it's just bugs at the desk, just messing with Daffy the entire time. That that one is just always super good. I I really enjoy so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Second it. Yep. So Torpo. Um. I'm gonna say. Uh. Fuck. I forget the name of it, but it's it's the one where Daffy's Robin Hood. Oh, uh, that is Robin Hood Daffy. Yeah, Robin Hood Daffy. Wow, I'm fucking good at this. <laughs> <laughs> It's just some really fucking good slapstick, and honestly, also, seeing Porky take the ever-loving piss out of him the entire time is deeply satisfying, because it's not something you see Porky do all that much. Yeah, that was something I did, it kind of, that was kind of weird, I'm like, oh, I'm surprised they cast Porky as that, but I guess he would be the character to be Fire Tuck. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was just really good, and just really, really fun, and really enjoyable, and it's some really good slapstick as i said before the kind of the problem that i have or that with a lot of these though is just due to the how much they've become ingrained into our culture is i always see think of the byproducts of some of these uh so yeah. it robin hood has that or robin hood daffy has that scene where uh it is daffy trying to swing from tree to tree and hitting like five trees on the way down to where he needs to be uh, and I just remember there being a gif of when Kingdom Hearts 3 was coming out of like saying, oh, hey, I'll just get into Kingdom Hearts. And then basically uh, him starting out the base yep. and then hitting every single release of Kingdom Hearts along the way. All for the build up to three. Yeah, no, it's it's a good gif. It's a really good gif. Uh, also, I because I, I when we were watching it or because we were in the same group watching it, um, uh, we were joking about how much this is basically 
um us or it's basically you could also say this is a, the best um approximation of being a dark souls player well, he was though and away pretty much it's just how totally many things could just come out and just screw you over um it's a good short it's a good short it's it's really good let's see i'm just trying to also, think also i was gonna say real quick though is i kind of like daffy a bit more than bugs because daffy is such a mess that is like he, he's not untouchable like bugs is he just will fuck up consistently yeah, that it can that still is come out good. on top, but we'll still fuck up repeatedly. Yeah, um, right. Like, like uh, this one includes the Alibaba Bunny contrasts Bugs Daffy, so that that's also that sort of dynamic where Daffy's allowed to screw up. Yeah, I got to. Yep. We'll get there. <laughs> um, let's see. So for me to pick, um, just trying to think. Uh, I, 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 I guess I'll go for the basic one. Uh, what's Opera Doc? Uh, is still a classic. Um, yeah. Oh, good. Uh, so I think there was the there was a book that came out uh, by I'm trying to find the name of it, uh, but the book was essentially the 50 greatest car- uh, cartoons, and I want to say like of the however many they're in here, I think like half of them are in pretty high on that, uh, and I believe What's Opera Doc is number one on that. Um, it just holds up really well, especially for them trying to. Um, uh, like actually somewhat tell the uh, the ring cycle uh, through Looney Tunes. And apparently I was reading up that they actually did pretty good, pretty extensive research uh, for this uh, uh, cartoon, including bringing in like actual dancers uh, who would actually like perform the ring cycle. Um, and yeah, it's just really good. And the spear magic helmet is just stuck into my head. <laughs> Yeah, the, the best parody has to come from a place of love, and so you could tell that they really did enjoy opera. Yeah, it's they definitely did their research very good. Um, so, uh, if those are the ones that we particularly liked, um, what was a short that you had thoughts on, and why was it how Pepe Le Pew is generally aged like fine milk? Sorry, God damn it, you beat me too, and I was going to say Pepe Le Pew is a giant sack of turds. Yeah. I feel like Pepe Le Pew is just like this lowest hanging fruit we can probably come up with for this one i stand by it though i got first dibs and this is what i'm taking fuck all of you fair enough all right so you want to elaborate uh pepe lepew is fucking sexually harassing sexually assaulting piece of shit who attacks this cat who he thinks is a skunk like it's pretty straightforward actually and also they turn the tables but it's still not funny yeah it's they turn the tables because he uh, Pepe lands in a thing of blue paint, and somehow the cat is attracted to that. But you see, she's ugly now because she's completely soaked and no longer has the the, the paint stripe. Yeah. Also, so, the... see, see, this is why it's funny that she's still doing the same shit. Also, there is that part where uh, the cat locks herself in a thing uh, so that Pepe can't get in there, and then Pepe just brings out a gun and shoots himself in the head. Yeah, that was fucked up, the the suicide bit. Yeah. Like but then he's like, ah, gotcha! Didn't shoot myself, idiot! Now I gotcha! I'm like, wow! Like, bad. Like, 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 I... It honestly stunned me, because I forgot about the second one. I knew about the first one, but, like... Ah, cool, there's just straight-up two suicide jokes in here. Alright, that's... Yeah, yeah, you sure did that. Um, after, like, these, these were on Saturday morning, like, as short subjects for a long time, and there was a whole blue, like, in the late 80s when we started editing and chopping bits like that out before they aired them for kids. Yeah, I don't remember that bit ever being in there, because I, we're, yeah, I just watched that just kind of, you watched it. yeah, I just kind of, I was watching that with, like, my mouth open, just like, wow, I, like, I was kind of expecting, because, you know, there's the whole thing, it's like you, in hindsight, unless you watch it a, bu- a bit, or, like, I bet that you realize kind of the subtext behind a lot of these cartoons, and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. This came out in the 50s, didn't it? Yeah, because it's making fun of, it's making fun of kind of short subject or short movies like this, the mashers or wolves. That was okay in the 19th, but not so much today. Yeah. This is not a cartoon for kids. No. Um, yeah, so, uh, Stove, you got something? So it was brought up a little bit earlier, and this is the only other one I could think of besides Pepe Le Pew, is um, Alibaba Bunny, which I, it it was fine, but also like, 
this kind of the stereotypical beats of uh you know a thousand and one arabian nights and here's a genie and here's hassan chop and everything also just like i i do agree that i do like daffy more than bugs but i do not like i think maybe just for whatever reason i just do not like this uh this daffy duck anymore like i don't know what it is just like it's kind of grating at after a certain point it's kind of a simple characterization yeah yeah because like um in earlier Looney's uh cartoons like all over the place he's a really crazy mixed up duck and whatever yeah he's daffy duck um and when he's opposite bugs in general he has to be the selfish miser duck and it's not that great in my opinion I, i like daffy on his own or you know bouncing off a porky pig but yeah just not really with Okay, not with bugs, but Elmer has to be there, I guess, for it to work. As seen in a different short. In the- yes. All right. So, uh, Rafferty, is there anything you want to bring up? Uh, I, I got to echo, once again, the, the Pepe Le Pew short. Definitely the low point, because even though it, it's like the opposite of uh, what's Opera Doc, because they're trying to make fun of the situation, but n- not only do you have the the you know the weird overtones of the kind of chase like what's he actually getting at what's his end goal here is he using her down it's gonna get her but then there's also that little bit in front where they make fun of the french language uh um and have some over-the-top stereotypes which is a good performance from mel blank but also i don't think aged well at all so really uh it, it's really the low point of all of the everything else is aged really well not this part yeah and i yeah, I think it's just it's just the content of the other parts of the short just kind of put that in like a complete shadow. Uh but yeah, now that you mentioned that I do remember that. Um the one thing that I wanted to point out, uh it's something that I noticed, and I don't know if it's I'd I'd imagine that's in other versions, uh, is I was able to tell like quite a number of continuity errors. Or maybe not continuity errors, uh, but just kind of errors in coloring. Like, especially during, uh, I believe it was Alibaba, the Alibaba, yeah, Alibaba Bunny. Um, there were seven uh, points in which Hassan's teeth were colored, like, the same colors as skin. And then other times mm-hmm. it was colored white. Uh, also, I would just see, like, little bits like uh, like Bugs' hand would change. Like, they would, like, not color in the tips of his gloves occasionally. Oh, yeah, you can watch the... Um... Uh, I mean, these shorts are, are over, like, 40 years. So you can kind of, like, watch the budget slowly go down uh, as the cartoons go on. And yeah, Alibaba Bunny is, is, I would agree, has some very sloppy choices. Yeah, and it was just something that I noticed. From, like, it, I think this was, like, the one of the first times I was able to notice, like, in an animated thing. I was like, wow, I can actually, like, tell, like, the flaws in, like, the cells. Like, uh, the individual frames of animation. Um, but yeah, in... I'll say even with that, it still doesn't ruin a whole lot of the enjoyment. I mean, they're still humorous, nonetheless. It's just interesting to kind of see that kind of thing in a well of theatrical production. Um, so uh, I think we kind of covered um, this in the kind of the first two questions. But um, how do you feel about the characters and like their portrayals like in this? Like and maybe kind of make an addendum for this, like especially how compared to these characters kind of are now like how do you feel like going back to these shorts like how do you feel that they hold up in terms of characters what do you mean now there's been quite a few iterations since then well i well hmm just trying to think because like the characters are pretty moribund and then space jam happened and uh um i mean the characters were actively retired tiny tunes era which uh, a response to the violence in the shorts like when Tiny Toons came out, Steven Spielberg did a big speech. Oh, it's not going to be fine. It's going to be safe for children. But then Space Jam comes out. And then you have, there was the Looney Tunes show, which was the Brant and Serbone thing. And then they went into Wabbit. And now there's another Looney Tunes show. And then there was the, um, the movie Back in Action. There's all sorts of di- different interpretations that are slightly different from each one. Uh, so which, which one, which interpretation were you thinking of? Uh, I was thinking probably Space Jam on. Like... Just in general, not a particular... Well, just trying to think how to phrase it. Like, um... Because hmm. the Looney Tunes show, when it came out, that made uh, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and they were trying to 
soften Bugs Bunny a little and, and uh, make Daffy Duck kind of a, of a wacky roommate. And honestly, I mean, I'm just going to say I think the 50s portrayals, like even Alibaba Bunny, which I know could wear out its welcome. Back when they were characters inserted in short subjects doing crazy stuff, like with Robin Hood Daffy, you really buy that Daffy wants this duck or, or Duck Dodgers, he's really just doing this bit. Later iterations start to get into that kind of meta humor that they were kind of enjoying, um, you know, or they want to drop references to themselves as being celebrities or to pop culture references, they even start showing up in some of the newer bits in, the, in this newer movie. And that takes a lot of the timelessness out of it. Instead of just being characters in a humorous situation, squeezing humor out of it, uh, it, it becomes a lot more meta and talky. And, and so I personally prefer this classic. All right. Uh, Stove, you have anything to add on that or your own thoughts? So just kind of, um, so yeah, kind of as uh, Rafferty said, there's been a lot of, I know you're saying like up to uh, Space Jam there, uh, since then there have been a lot of Looney Tunes. Um, so there is a like Looney Tunes series on Boomerang and then there's another new Looney Tunes coming after that one. Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird just kind of based on uh, who is, who's directing them at that point in time or who's directing the cartoons essentially um personally like there's just something about because chuck jones is very good at what he does but there's just something about like how he how he portrays the invincible bugs bunny and like how you know sometimes like he's like we said earlier in the 90s uh bugs is more punching down than punching up there's a recent looney tune short that comes to mind that is actually really bad i don't think it was ever released it was really bad um essentially i i do like the uh classic looney tunes my biggest issue though i guess is that for me i like the looney tunes even more like going further back like when they're kind of in that figuring things out process with the character um, in this case, it's kind of more, you know, during the 50s, they kind of have everything figured out. So it's good, but there's just more that I like going further back. That's just kind of how I am. All right. Uh, Tarpo, you have anything to add? I mean, I don't know. I, I enjoy the old stuff, but I, I, I at least enjoy the, the Looney Tunes show, I think it was called, where they're roommates. I thought that was perfectly okay. Except for one specific character was a huge problem. Otherwise, I thought it was pretty chill. Also, Daffy the Wizard's a fucking gift, and I will fight anyone. Yeah, actually, I did like the Looney Like, actually, most Looney Tunes things after Space Jam have been... Well, after Back in Action has been pretty, I think. I, I do I, I do agree, though, that there, for a good while... Like, Looney Tunes show at least tries to make Bugs more fallible, but for much of the stuff, it is definitely a case of Bugs punching down, and also just being really smug and self-assured more so than the older stuff. If that makes sense. I can I can definitely see that. Yeah, it, it makes sense to me, but um, I I don't want to. <laughs> also, I enjoyed Daffy as a hot mess of a roommate. Yeah, some of that's pretty good. I, I think uh, um, there's some good writing there, but like you said, there's also some problematic bits that were just kind of uh, a, a little a, a little off message. The Wabbit show I enjoyed a lot more because the Wabbit I think was a throwback to the classic of how the show should. Be. Yeah, but yeah, no, it it, it it runs the gamut is basically my point. Space Jam's not particularly good. Back in Action, uh, which I have rewatched uh, not too long ago, is pretty foul. Uh, and yeah, it's just it it it's all over the place. But that's what you get when you have so many hands. Okay, so um, next question is how, and maybe I'll just phrase it like this. Like, I noticed that a lot of these shorts are like seven, ten minutes. How do you feel about uh, the amount of content that they have in those, like how they're able to pack so much into those, that short amount of time? Because I felt like there was a lot that was in those, like, like the shorts felt longer than they were in a good way, I felt. But uh, Torpa, how do you feel about that? Yeah, they took that fucking ramrod and jammed that shit in there. Like, it is packed full and I do like the little interjections, like here and there, from bugs, like in between the the bits. Those are always nice. Also, you know, hearing Mel Blanc talk about Mel Blanc is always fun. But yeah, no, I I, I feel like the bits in between help pace it out a bit better than it would have been if it was just like this constant stream. But overall, I I it was really good. It was full of content. 
and but was as long as it needed to be yeah i mean yeah definitely just like in terms of the length of the cartoons themselves they get so much done and it just feels like oh really that was only like five minutes it felt like it was longer which in this case hey that's a good thing um but yeah i definitely like the flow of the thing in general and uh how it feels like they're able to pack in so much into the shorts and then even as well the uh yeah kind of as torpo said the wraparounds with bugs like it 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 doesn't feel unnatural like of course it's just him presenting here's another cartoon but it's done in a pretty decent way i think the bugs bunny retrospective <laughs> well i think something that that's like very good about the warner brothers cartoons uh like later animators really wanted to show off and they want to like do like a, like the characters going gonzo and bug-eyed but in, in warner brothers cartoons especially chuck jones ones they'll take their time and spread it out like what's opera doc wouldn't be as impressive if it wasn't for the background art where they just slowly pan over stuff and they show like characters wandering around these giant sets uh bugs bunny rides the horse for like you know almost a minute um the De duck dodgers goes to planet x and of course we're gonna see every freaking letter of the alphabet uh planet l planet m planet it's it's the way they they paced it so well that there was time to breathe in between the laughs and and you felt like you could take it in, which is I think what makes them feel a little bit longer is that they have that sort of pacing thing. They don't feel like they have to do something every single minute, and they don't feel like they have to be talking all the time. It, it it's an old school conceit that um you know like some of the better anime it just lets you sit there and breathe. Yeah, and I definitely agree. I do like how content dense these are, but still still feel pretty good um so we've kind of touched on this uh, a little bit earlier um but yeah as we mentioned that a lot of these were done during the 50s so how do you feel that the age of these cartoons has affected your enjoyment even to today oh well um well we have come here to bury pepe Le Pew, not to praise him uh but um like I said, I, I think they are a really good time capsule to some of the stuff that was typical. Like, like Robin Hood Daffy is definitely Errol Flynn. Like anybody who saw this in the 50s, they would have seen a gazillion Robin Hood by now. They've been the Robin Hood cinematic universe uh, for them to experience or for Alibaba Bunny and that sort of thing. Or for Duck Dodgers, they were a bunch of Flash Gordon shorts and serials. So this is kind of a window into a pop culture thing that doesn't exist anymore. But like we said earlier, they still made it timeless enough that we can still enjoy it today. So I think, um, you know, when people say you couldn't get away with this today, it's like the the newer stuff, like people enjoying, you know, like the Looney Tunes show, Daffy the Wizard is, of course, making fun of 70s and 80s type conceits. So, you know, that was more modernization. And so I guess you could say, like, they couldn't do this again today, but not because, you know, of bad subject matter, but so much as in the thing that they're really making a lot of fun of like a lot of those tells just aren't what expected it. Yeah. Like I don't think that anyone outside of people who like research old sci-fi would even know who Buck Rogers is and how Duck Dodgers is a direct parody of them. Um but yeah, they I still felt like even that short in particular was still enjoyable today cuz the general conceits are still there. So, yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. So, so have you got any thoughts? Honestly, it just boggles my mind how timeless Looney Tunes can be, aside from Pepe Le Pew. Like, in general, even if you don't get some of the references, or in my case, I've never seen an opera in my life, but I still really like uh, What's Opera Doc. Like, there's so much to just enjoy in, in Looney Tunes itself that it's amazing that it just always, it typically stands the test of time okay, this is really funny. I don't understand what they're saying. I don't understand some of the jokes or some of the references, but it's still really, really good. And there's, you can tell that it's always got a lot of love put into it um, in terms of basically showing off and kind of how how the jokes go. Plus like some, some things you feel like as we go on in the future, you're going to like forget about like bullfighting maybe. You're like, well, okay, that's that's a weird thing I don't know about in like 20 years, but I could still go back and say that bullfighting Bugs Bunny short is still really funny. Yeah, I definitely agree. So that's what I got. So, Torbo? Uh, 
what was the question again? Just uh, sure. how do you feel that the age of these cartoons has affected your enjoyment even to today? Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of them have aged fairly gracefully. Some that lean harder into certain racial stereotypes, not so much. And Pepe Le Pew should fucking rot in hell where he belongs. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, is a lot of it's just really timeless. Like, yeah, even without cultural context, it still really, really holds up. Like, Duck Dodgers is still really good and really funny and really enjoyable. Yes. Despite, yeah, not having any fucking clue about that background. Yep. And, like, even as a kid, I enjoyed the hell out of these, despite not knowing, like, where they came from, essentially. Yeah, like, we would, especially our generation, would not be familiar with Errol Flynn and all that. That's something we had to look. They were just funny. Yeah. They were just funny. Yeah. That's all they needed to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, I think Torbo alluded to this earlier, uh, but what do you think of the... Because the way that this uh, movie's framed is that... Uh, in between the shorts, there are the little interstitial moments where Bugs is walking through his house. Uh, how do you feel those, like, I know, Torpor, you mentioned that you really enjoyed those. Uh, so is there anything else you would want to say to those? So I wouldn't say really enjoyed. I, I thought they worked and they were good because they didn't try too hard to be funny and they just let the various bits, the various shorts speak for themselves. Instead, just kind of helped pace things out a bit better. Yeah. And once again, I, I I enjoy fucking Chuck Jones stroking off on camera, and also once again Mel Blanc talking about Mel Blanc. Yes. Fucking rest. So stove. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean they're they're fine for what they are, which is basically just a way to introduce a new cartoon to uh, the audience. Um, I do I do kind of like the idea of Bugs Bunny just being in this big ass mansion. And just recounting the days of yore when also one thing that um actually do like as well is tr- them trying to set up the idea for the movie itself, which is um it being about chasing. So I, I did kind of like that uh, little bit of inf- of uh, animation in the beginning and then some uh, shots of silent movie. Um, but in general, like, yeah, I, I found those to be fine. They were pretty funny in, ter- in terms of a... Uh, just kind of bugs riffing on some of the tropes of Looney Tunes, like saying, hey, you know, it's weird that some of the animators don't know the difference between a rabbit and a mole. I, I got a kick out of some. Yeah, I, I, I would, uh, the, the Looney Tunes guys made a whole bunch of these that were clips after, like, this is a pilot program they made this one. This one is easily the best. Uh, if you've never seen Looney Tunes cartoons before, I would definitely open with this as, like, the super cut, because I think it shows them at their best... Uh, and it's just a great sampling of everything. So I, I definitely. Yeah, I, I do like uh, how they. Um, so um, is there any other Looney Tunes character that you would like to see get this kind of treatment of having a movie kind of focused around them? Uh, like how Bugs Bunny was mostly focused on. In this? I would say no, because they pretty much did everybody. Eventually, Speedy Gonzalez. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, uh, as much as like, like you might see this as like little interstitials to introduce it we we the movie was at the perfect time because home video didn't exist yet it's 1979 by the time home video and these days digital distribution like you're talking about getting stuff on amazon for crying out loud you can just go ahead and pick and choose and see the shorts in their original prison and see which ones you want which ones you don't uh, i'm not really convinced like we really either make new stuff like the wabbit show or just watch the originals i, I don't think this framing device is really that necessary all right yeah, and yeah, kind of piggybacking off of that, there really isn't the only Looney Tunes character I could think of that I would have liked to see a kind of a movie based off of, like based around just showing some of their some of their cartoons in general would just be Porky Pig, if only because he was the very first like Looney Tunes star, and there's probably a lot of super old Porky that I that many people haven't seen. And yeah, most of the, like super popular ones have already had their own movies. Like Daffy Duck had his, and yeah, Speedy Gonzalez had his as well. Um, and Bugs has had three, I think. So yeah, I would just say probably just Porky, if anyone. Torpo. Honestly, there doesn't really need to be one. As Rafferty says, like they covered all their bases. It was essentially a best of thing anyway. Uh, yeah, certain characters didn't quite get their 
time in the limelight, but overall, I don't think any sort of other character covered like this, especially because Bugs has always been the face, like for the longest time, I should say. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely agree, though. There doesn't need to be a contemporary. I just in the like time period, that would have been nice, probably. Yeah, because um, yeah, in the early years, they really thought Porky Pig was a character. Uh, um, yeah, so after so the reason we're taking a look at this is because we've taken a look at a lot of games that are based off of the Looney Tunes. And I was just wondering, especially like just going back to some of these shorts, do you feel that Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner kind of got the games that kind of fit them most? Because of the games I think we've ranked so far, if I can think of off the top of my head, I believe we have ranked Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle, uh, Bugs Bunny's Lost in Time, uh, Looney Tunes Collector Alert, um, the arcade game Roadrunner. Um, I think that's the ones, all the ones we've ranked so far. Uh, but we've done quite a number of uh, Looney Tunes-based games. And do you feel that Bugs Bunny kind of got the game that kind of fits them the most? Or Roadrunner? See, this is a tough one just because of the fact that it is a property that has been around for a long fucking time. And there have been a million fucking games made of them. And I honestly cannot say for certain yes or no because there's been a lot of crap. Yeah, because like, I think the closest one that we've gotten is probably uh, uh, the the Bugs Bunny uh, Lost in Time. Uh, the platformer is made by Behavior. Um, I think that that one actually kind of felt... It was mostly a generic platformer. like no, Well, not generic. It was mostly like a box standard platformer, but it did feel like it had the feel of the show, or like feel of the shorts done pretty well. Um, that's kind of at least of the ones I'm thinking off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, of, of like, uh, going based off of those ones, I would say probably Lost in Time is about the only one I can think of that definitely Bugs gets gets the game that fits him the most. I can't really think of many other, like, outside of the games that you've ranked, many other Looney Tunes games that do, that do kind of go over different types of, like, hijinks that Bugs can get into. Um, and in terms of Roadrunner, there's only like, unfortunately, there's only like one other game that I've played with the Roadrunner in it, and it is not great. Um, that being uh, Death Valley Rally, which, yeah, it's a game where Roadrunner goes fast and tries to evade the coyote, but it still doesn't feel like a proper Roadrunner and coyote game. Yeah, because that's the thing that about uh, the Roadrunner arcade game that I felt was kind of weird is that. If I were to play as like the road, like if I were to be either of the two, either Roadrunner or Wily e. Coyote, I feel like it'd be more entertaining to be Wily e. Coyote, to kind of try and get the trap to actually cap capture the Roadrunner. Like I thought the Roadrunner was more of a tool or like a thing to get around, and not the. Uh, I always thought that Wily e. Coyote was the star of those. There's yeah. your Dark Souls alike right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do know that there is a. Uh, Roadrunner and Coyote game on the Genesis where you can play as Wily e. Coyote. I just have never played it myself personally, and I don't know how well that worked. Um, yeah, um, man. Uh, I while we were talking, uh, there must be iPhone because the game that occurred to me that would be best fit would probably be an Endless Runner game. Uh, and of course, there is an Endless Runner game, but for some reason, Bugs Bunny is in. Yeah, um, and it actually ends. So I'm. I'm confused. I would have thought like a Wiley e. Coyote endless runner would have been perfect because you know you're not supposed to catch the Roadrunner. But um, no, I, I would. Uh, um, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that if I had to pick any game that came anywhere close to what uh, a, a Bugs Bunny uh, game, it would be Taz, which it is not a very good game. But at least the idea that you play this bumbling idiot who. Uh, wanders around and lashes out violently. It could, in theory, be an interesting game uh, if you're going to go old school platformer. Uh, I, I think, um, and then I would go a little bit and suggest that uh, you guys have heard of Toonstruck, right? We haven't done Toonstruck yet. No, we've not. We not. Oh, okay. You have that game. That's right. a game that exists. It's a game that exists, and I think the humor of it comes a little close because uh, that's a game where Christopher Lloyd plays a live action character who reacts to a bunch of anime, at least have him reacting. Uh, but no, it's not, it's got problems too, because it's a point and click. And, and I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm not really sure what, what kind of game would, would, would really approach that. The, the, the 16-bit era had the platformers. I don't think point and click would work. 
maybe a spy versus spy game where you and several other Looney Tunes characters planted booby traps for each other. Because uh, spy versus spy, I think, is underrated. But I, I don't think there really has been like 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 it was already mentioned here. The property's been around forever, and there's it's just been slapped on something that was hastily assembled the last minute. It doesn't. They're really. Uh, unless there's a gem we haven't seen yet, there hasn't been a game. The only game that I'd want to bring up, uh, especially talking about the Roadrunner, uh, there is a game on the Commodore 64 called Cliffhanger, which is essentially, uh, it's framed as you are a, I don't know if you're a sheriff or a deputy, trying to uh, capture a bandit in like the desert. But it is essentially a Wile E. Coyote game in which you are Wile E. Coyote and you are pre- presented with a bunch of traps. And you're supposed to, it's entirely timing based. Um, and it's a pretty interesting game. Uh, it's a bit wonky to play, but uh, I do want to do that at one point. And I do feel like that actually does kind of capture that, but I think that is the, I could oh, think Oh yeah, of. I, I would agree with you there. It's definitely got that old cartoon vibe. Um, I've seen that. Yeah, but, and, and from Bugs Bunny's point of view, yeah, the uh, Lost in Time is the only one I could think of. If I were to think of any other game like style that I could think of, um, the only other one I could oddly enough think of uh, is if you made a competent Bubsy, uh, Bubsy game. Uh, it it kind of almost has that feel like it's trying to go for, but I mean, Bubsy came out the way it did, so therefore that did not. Yeah, I just had a thought like in the back of my head at, in terms of what could actually make a semi-decent 16-bit Bugs Bunny game. And honestly, the inspiration I have for it is just uh, either it's, um, haunting starring Polterguy or Home Alone, where you're instead just like, again, kind of like Wiley Co- Coyote setting traps, but also just kind of getting back at somebody by basically just fucking with them. Like, here's this. We put dynamite in your flower pot. Here's that. Like, here's a gun here, even though obviously you can't do that in a Looney Tunes game these days. Basically just... Oh, wait, 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 I got a, I got a quick answer. You guys ever seen Kill the Fool? No, I have not. Uh, no. It's a mode in LucasArts Outlaws and was later in the Dark Forces game where it's kill the person who asked. It's a deathmatch where like uh, an object like a chicken would drop and then whoever grabs it, a timer starts. It's your score of how long you collect it. And then everyone is out to murder you. And I was just thinking like we're, when you just mentioned what, what you just did, uh, stuff that um, yeah, a, a game like that where whoever's holding the MacGuffin, everyone else wants to maniacally kill that one person. And then as soon as they drop it, there's that pause of who gets it next and then runs off with it. Something had a really fast turnaround like that would be but, uh, uh Besides Outlaws and the Dark Horses games, I haven't seen that mode. Yeah. Um, so before we rank, uh, last question that I have uh, is, we've seen all these games. Do those do these games actually do like any sort of like do you feel like they do anything to kind of make you want to watch the cartoons like which would kind of bring you more enjoyment to the like the looney tunes like after watching these uh series like do you feel the games make you want to watch the looney tunes cartoons maybe me for nostalgia but bugs bunny uh the curious castle or magic castle is that the is that the game boy one uh bugs bunny and the crazy castle crazy castle right uh, a lot of these games, like I, like at the time, just felt to me like this, like you said with Bubsy, this is just a boring platformer, and I wouldn't even be paying attention to it if it didn't have the license. And I mean, usually licensed games didn't make me want to see the property; they were just, you know, it became a joke to stay away from licensed stuff. So um, I, I guess I would kind of kind of say no. Like I, uh, I, I don't think they like after playing them, I'm not excited. It's not like say. Left for Dead, which makes me excited to go see Zombieland. That's a fair point. This is dope. Uh, it's kind of hard to say. Like, I, I don't think so, really, because kind of ba- kind of jumping off of the last question, there isn't really anything that captures the, like, feeling of Looney Tunes that makes me think, um, oh, yeah, I should really go back and watch uh, this particular short. If anything, it's more just kind of brand recognition. Like, oh, it's a Bugs Bunny game. This makes me want to go see a Bugs Bunny cartoon. That's pretty much all there is to it and i wouldn't say it like any of the games do a good job uh selling me on the property as much as just going out and watching it all right turbo uh no that's uh it's there you go my answer all right <laughs> no. it's a good answer legitimately a lot of these games fucking suck yeah so yeah. much if i didn't already enjoy this stuff it would be like oh do i it's just fucking droves and droves of licensed crap 
Lolo, I am very much dreading the day that you play a Tom and Jerry game and we have to review a Tom and Jerry anything. God, yeah. Like, I mean, we've we've already done Simpsons stuff. But the movie, the Simpsons movie is like, okay. Yeah, but the Simpsons so exist. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it is time to actually go and rank this. So, um, let's see. We rank these things based on a 1 to 21 scale, uh, with 1 being what we consider Mastercraft and 21 being considered absolute garbage. Um, so, uh, going down alphabetical order, uh, Rafferty, what would you, what number scale would you... Uh, I'm going to feel bad about saying this. I would put this at, at, at a 2, because even though I think it's essentially short, and as much as I love Chuck Jones, uh, and and the fact that he's between them, I think you would get a, a little more out of either seeing the shorts individually or seeing a documentary. So it's almost but not quite perfect. So I can't put it at the pinnacle. Okay, stove. Um, yeah, honestly, I I would just go for three, if only because yeah, some of the the interstitials like you can watch these on their own and they hold up, except for one of them, which extremely doesn't and then even some of the some of the other ones just kind of have little bits and just kind of wince at a little bit um but yeah i would i would go maybe one for one down from that and just go to three all right turbo yeah i'd agree uh three is probably it like the shorts themselves are really good the bits in between are most of the shorts are really good excuse me yeah Uh, the in-between bits are fine but like there is that fucking poison pill directly in the center and it's like "Mm." yeah um and also just some other stuff that hasn't aged amazingly. Yeah, because I was thinking two or three. I was thinking somewhere I do feel these shorts held up really well for the most part. Um, I do feel that three is probably a good thing because the way we have one, two, and three described, one is Universal Mastercraft, two is Niche Mastercraft, and three is Legacy Mastercraft. The reason that I have Legacy is for stuff that is basically... At the time, they were held like in super high regard, uh, but as more stuff has come out, uh, it's kind of been overshadowed a bit, uh, or it's just we don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Or like there's things in it that kind of have aged, uh, and I do feel that three is probably a good. Which, by the way, three out of twenty-one is still incredibly. No, that sounds right. Okay, so yeah, I think it belongs in definitely. Uh, it is the same place we put Dirty Pair Project Eden. Um, this in this entry in Road Runner. Okay, so, um, let's see what genres do I have? Uh, I see action drama, slice of life, or I I have a kids. I don't know if that fits though. I would put this under comedy. He doesn't have a comedy category because he's a fool. Yeah, I need to then add create that. a comedy category and I put did. this in it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I I'm doing that now. Um, fucking I. Uh, also, I think whimsical is probably yeah. The definite thing to put in here. Sure thing. Um, yeah. All right. So, is there anything we want to call out in music, charm, uh, cinematography, uh, story slash theatrics, um, action, or artistry? Uh, in giving it like a thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, I would say give it a thumbs up for artistry. Just kind of like some of the animation and like what's opera doc is so gorgeous to look at. Like it just it's just really good altogether. Yeah, I can definitely agree. Um, one thing I'd probably say is give a thumbs up to Charm. Because he's, I mean, they're still very charming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even when they're throwing shade, because apparently, um, they threw shade on Bob Clampett, leaving him out many father categories. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, the, um, apparently it was a little feud. But, yeah, the, uh, the later ones are done by Free Production Department, and I guess because Free is cheaper, uh, the interstitials in this could be terrible, but I uh, and Chuck Jones's style had migrated a little bit in this in late period. But I, I still think like the idea of putting it Bugs Bunny in this giant uh, Frank Lloyd Wright type house and all the decorations and the, and having caricatures for the fathers instead of uh, photos. Uh, they tried. They went to the source and Chuck Jones really wanted to make what he was doing blend in with everything else. And it, it could have come off as a lot cheaper like the other later specials do. So I thought that was pretty Yeah, that is pretty Um and... I would say the music, you know, things like what's opera talk. Alright. Uh, I mean these are merry melodies after all. Mm-hmm. Um So is there anything we want to put in yay or nay? Do you have a is there a skunk 
emote? There is not. Uh, I do have an I do have a notably aged poorly, but I don't have thing to say. Hey, it's just for this particular. Yeah. Oh, actually, I do have something we can put in the content of that. This is. Uh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I have. Yeah, there's that. Uh, any other charms we want to put in? I do. We want to put made of abundant love. Uh, it's kind of hard to say because it is pretty much just a man loving himself. That is true. Openly jerking on camera. Okay, I'll leave it. Okay, yeah, I think we can leave it blank for yay and nay. So yeah, uh, that is the the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie. So before we finish, uh, is there anything you want to, we would uh, want to plug uh, Rafferty? Oh yeah, so I'm um, Rafferty. I work for SanguineGames.com. Uh, we made a deep dive uh, one of those role playing games, Dragons Magic, uh, where we talk a lot about cartoon history uh, and that sort of thing. Could you? Uh, uh, and it's going to be on sale. Could you repeat uh, that? So- uh, you cut out a little bit. Oh, sorry. The Madcap, we made a game called Madcap, which is a cartoon role-playing game, uh, like Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, it's going to be on sale this week. So if you want to pick up a copy 50% off, uh, go for it. It's on drivethroughrpg.com. All right. So, uh, Stove. Uh, I can be found at twitch.tv. Stove, I really don't have anything else kind of to go over there. I do playthroughs of video games. I sometimes look through licensed games, including some Looney Tunes games, and yeah, that's Pretty much what I got going on. All right. And Torpo? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Torpo Typist. And I don't have a plug joke right now because I'm too tired to think of one. That works. All right. Well, next episode, we will be discussing an OVA based on Panzer Dragoon, um, which uh, I believe it was released with certain releases in Japan. I can't remember if it was a like standalone release. Um. Well, yes, uh, that is what we'll be discussing next uh, next episode. So uh, thank you all for watching and hopefully tune in for that one. This has been another episode of Media Delta. If you'd like to view the entire list of rankings for yourself, you can go to r3.ldp.life to see the residence and essence list that Media Delta covers, as well as the other lists that are covered by our sister show, RetroRank Rhapsody. If you'd like to watch RetroRank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash loadofpuzzlo. Or you can view any of the episodes anytime at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like the help with hosting costs, you can go to patreon.ldp.life and help out with a $2 or $5 pledge. If you would like to discuss this episode and any other episode of our community, you can join our Discord server at discord.ldp.life. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can follow it at HazeltownStory, or you can follow me, your host, at LoloDePuzzlo. Thank you for listening, and I hope you come back for a round for the next episode.